Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Pete. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Unbusy Podcast. It's the show for self-employed people who want more time. Who want to be time rich. Who want to do meaningful work and be productive. While letting the busy go. Who want to enjoy their work days. And sometimes just go skiing on Wednesday afternoons. Or just take Fridays off. Self-employed people who want to spend their time where it matters. This is the Unbusy Podcast. Raina, welcome to Hi. your own show. Exciting. So what's your week been like? It's been good. Good. Some clients, some creative projects, um, mm-hmm. a, a little time scooping snow, um, mm-hmm. ha- hung out with my husband, my daughter, and now I'm here with you. Nice. It's Friday. It's February at the time of this recording, and you are generally located where? I am just outside of Boulder, Colorado. Mountain region. Gotta love it. Snow. Oh. Ski and snowboard right up my alley. So your week has uh, been not filled. That's the wrong word. Your, your week has had client work and stuff like that. Give me like the, uh, you know, I'm live on a podcast. This is so weird, but I have to talk about myself for two minutes. Give me that version of what it is you do for yeah. vocation. Yeah. So I am. I know, certified. but they don't know. That, people <laughs> right, listening know. right. Right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, it's not talking to me. You talk to them. Yes. So I'm a certified life and leadership coach. I work with self-employed people. Friday's off for all self-employed people. Friday looks mm. different for everybody. Um, Can I get an amen from the? <laughs> amen. Uh, yes. And so I work with entrepreneurs, freelancers, small business owners. Um, online service providers to figure out work-life balance around after you've left the nine to five, you've gone out on your own, you're doing the thing. And then ironically, sometimes you realize it's now taken over your life and you have yeah. less ability to go to the zoo on a Tuesday uh, or the movies or I don't know, whatever your Tuesday thing is um, than you did when you were working. Uh, and so that's kind of an ironic place to be. And I help people figure that out and move forward. Yeah. So. I think you just like wrote the intro to this podcast. Like you get into <laughs> this lifestyle to to have more freedom of yeah. your time and more money, of course, and do what you want to do. And then inevitably, six months or six years later, you're like, wow, my calendar is full and my schedule is full and I feel busy and overwhelmed and miserable. And I work 80 hours a week instead of the 40 hours a week job that I quit. I just wrote the, the podcast intro. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. And so... You know, I- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, part of that is uh, it just takes a whole different set of skills that you don't have as an employee. And particularly, I mean, I was a shift worker as a registered nurse when I was working a W-2 job. I come in, I take care of patients, I go home. Um, and so having to be faced with, you know, sorting out your priorities, how you use your time, um, where it has the best ROI. I mean, that's a new thing for most people who are self-employed. Yeah. You were a nurse. How long were you a nurse? Technically, I'm still a nurse. I still got a nursing license in my back pocket. (laughs) Okay. Technically, I'm still an accountant, but let's be frank. I haven't done that in five years. Yeah, no, same here, same here. So I worked actively as a registered nurse in critical care mostly for 17 years. What? I had no yeah. idea it was that long. I've, 
Oh my God. Yeah. It was a whole uh, career. Like, like I've been a nurse, I've had a, a nursing license for 20, it's, I think it's 22 years this year. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever feel busy? Did you ever give people the answer when they asked you how you were doing during the 17 years? Did you ever be like, I'm good, busy, dot, dot, dot. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, Did you ever say yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And it was actually, um, this is a backstory I won't go into in this moment, um, but it was when my husband realized we were at that point that we made like major life changes um, because it wasn't, that had never been our vision to be. What know, do you mean at that point? Like what, what was happening in the, the day job? Yeah. Okay. So we, you know, got married, had a baby, uh, couldn't find an, a reasonably priced house in the central city. So of course we moved out to, you know, a suburb way out, uh, built a house uh-huh. that we loved and then the commuting commute. Off in the oh distance. my god! Do you guys hear oh. that? I hear commuting. Oh, oh, it's coming! It's coming! I mean, and it was on a road that was so bad. There was a guy who had a license plate that said two ninety sucks," <laughs> and you'd just be sitting there on the freeway, and you'd People. see him go by, and you're like, "Amen!" <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I walked I in, <laughs> and we were both we were both commuting. Sometimes we'd take the bus, but it could be on a bad night up to an hour and a half to get home. And I walked into our house, like we have this lovely suburban house. We've got a two-year-old, I guess she was almost four by the time this happened. And I walk in on Valentine's Day one day after a long shift at the hospital, my husband's at the computer and he looks at me and he's like, I can't do this anymore. Wow. I, can't, I was like, uh, be more specific. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right? oh, <laughs> what, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was just this life that we had where it was like crazy during the week. You're trying to commute. You've got to get dinner. You've got to get to daycare and pick up the kid. And then on the weekends, you're, you know, trying to meet all these other obligations or have a life. Um, and, you know, he was like, this is not what I want our day to day to feel like. Yeah. It felt busy. It felt busy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you the story now, but I'm going to I'm going to um, tease the story when we do my episode where you interview me. I'm going to tell you about how my wife and I literally swapped our kid on the highway in our, oh, between wow. our cars. Um, well, uh, oh, yeah. we'll tease that. We're going to okay. come back to that story. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay. So uh, your husband <laughs> scares the heck out of you one day when you walk in from work. <laughs> yes. Well, on earth. Uh, what were the next like, couple of months like? Like what happened? Obviously yeah. you quit, but how was it? Yeah. Immediately so, better, not better, weird, different. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, and, you know, of course that turned into like one of those two hour conversations with your spouse after your kid's gone to bed. Um, <laughs> and, but when, but when he told me, I can't be the parent that I want to be in this life, um, he was like, I will never be able to make an after school soccer game. Um, you know, I'll never feel like I'm rested to just play with her because we're always catching up from all the busyness. Um, and when he said that, like, I can't be the parent I want to be, I was like, well, that's it. We're, we gotta, we gotta blow this life up and do something different. Um, so we built a spreadsheet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We built a spreadsheet. We sold our house. Uh, we got rid of a bunch of stuff. We paid off our cars with our, our house. The housing market was pretty good at that point. Um, and so we made, you know, made out decently on our house. It's not like the housing market now. Damn. <laughs> Look at that house now. And it's I'm not like, even, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 
Um, we moved into like a little two bedroom apartment that was like 10 minutes from his work. Um, we had so much shit. Oh, I didn't ask you if we could cuss on this podcast. Uh, but we had so much stuff when we moved from the suburban house into this little two bedroom apartment that we could afford. Um, that, cause it was like so in the central city. Our couch had to be up on end to get all the boxes into the house. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah, that took a little while. We had to like work through all of that. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing almost freaking immediately because I quit my job uh, once we had no mortgage and no car payments and no commute. Uh, my husband was like, well, this is probably your moment if you want to stay home with our daughter for a year or so before she went to kindergarten. And I was like, Oh gosh, never even thought about that as a possibility. So as soon as I did that, oh my God, so much stress went away because then there was like one person kind of dealing with household stuff. He was going to work, but he had like zero commute. So he was home 15 minutes after he left work, hang out with our daughter, give me a break. I could go do something else. Um, Yeah. yeah, So it was immediately better. Um, It was different, immediately better. So before... Anybody listen to this podcast and be like, oh, cool, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow because <laughs> yeah, um, no. let's, let's fast forward a tiny bit and get into, um, oh, gosh, what was reading richly? No, no, no. I'm about oh, to throw you under the bus here. Oh, oh. Let me Hang on. I know this is your <laughs> podcast, but I'm just going to take over because this is what I do. Um, I want to fill everybody in a little bit of Raina's story. I'm just going to tell a story because I'm going to tell it way worse and it's going to be not as factually correct. But it'll be I more fun because it'll this. be from my Getting perspective. Getting the popcorn. Getting the popcorn. Right. Um, okay. So Raina somehow uh, found me on the internet, I guess, or I found you on the internet in some way years ago, like four or five years ago at this point. And uh, I think you had paid me money for something, like a blogging course or something. I don't even remember oh. now. It's been original blogger you. Um, OG. It was man. blogger you. Yeah. Okay. So I have a membership community for creators. At that time, it was called Blogger U. Rainer joined very early on. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, and then we met in person in f- uh, at a FinCon, which is a conference for creators, mostly in the financial space, which you were at that point. Mm-hmm. We can talk yep. about that later if you want. Um, and I was immediately drawn to you because of the smell of cookies. I was at this conference <laughs> and volunteering and there was like, you know, a hundred people in the room doing various stuff like all over the place. And then there's this person who I, I, I kind of recognized when I saw you. And then you were like holding a Tupperware dish of cookies. And I was like, this is my friend. <laughs> that is done. That's all I needed to know right here. All these other losers just showed up to volunteer. And this one person, the one person who is cool enough and kind enough. I know I'm making a joke out of this, but this is actually important. The one person that actually had the forethought enough, I don't know if you made them or you bought them or what. But I made them. I flew minute. on the plane you, with them. You baked I them did. because you I have a history them. of... We can talk about that later too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she has like a culinary uh, baking I'm a experience. I'm a pastry school dropout. Yeah. Pasty dropout. That's the name of this podcast episode. <laughs> um, so you were, you were baking cookies and I... And was immediately drawn to you. And then you happen to be like the nicest, smiliest, most friendly down to earth person ever. Uh, and so we became friends. Aww. Now you dabbled in like a personal finance blog or some other blog or something <sighs> for like a couple of years there. And I want to hear 
give me the give me like the the three to five minute version of that period of time, like 2016, 2017 to 2020 ish. It's 2022 at the time of this recording. I know you've been doing much more coaching the past year or two and getting into something really different than you were doing in that like four or five year period. So how did you get into that? This world, blogging, self-employment, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So after, you know, I stayed home with our daughter for that year and then the year of kindergarten too, because you know, they have all the parties that you can go to <laughs> the kindergarten year. That was really fun. <laughs> but then Not after that, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh man. Okay. So after that though, I was like, I wanted to go back to work. But, you know, if you go to the hospital, they lock you in there for 12 hours and you don't get to leave. And I was like, that is just not, I think that career is complete. But then you start trying to figure out like, well, what do I do instead? I have very specific skills. Not everyone needs an IV or a heart pump. Um, so I hired a professional mentor and like a, I worked with a career uh, psychologist and like I, I started to, you know, try and get help to figure this out. So one of the people I worked with suggested just start trying stuff. Um, and you know, just start investigating things you're interested in. So, I mean, I, I thought I might want to go back to school to be a librarian. I started volunteering at a library. Like I just started trying stuff. So one of those things was, uh, writing. And I thought at the time I was <laughs> going to write a blog on, uh, children's books, thus the reading richly domain name, uh, <laughs> the beginning of my 20 email addresses. This is a joke. I've had yeah. so many email addresses. Um, and then that kind of, then I was like, I joined Blogger U because I had no idea what I was doing technically. So then I kind of fell into, you know, the creator space with a lot of people who were, and I was, I was reading a lot of financial blogs at the time. And so then I thought, huh, well, we just made this big change in our family. And so maybe I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit and I'll start to write something that's a little bit of a personal finance blog, but you know, very personal. So I kind of started to do that. That was start living richly. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> new email address again. <laughs> and then that email uh, address number two that we've mentioned. On the show. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep count. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, I was in blogger you and you know, I was like asking you, I just loved your community and what you stood for and who you were. You can see like Pete and I have mutual admiration for each other. This is why we're here now. Like what each other stands for, I think. So um, I was asking you to like help with things. And you were like really hesitant to just let me start doing things as a community member because I was a community member, not someone who was freelancing or working for you or anything like that. Um, and then at some point you looked at me and said, you realize this is a skill, like just helping engagement in the community or arranging events when we knew we were all going to be at the same conference, things like that. You're like, this is a skill you realize. And I was like, it is what I did. I like, I genuinely didn't know, you know, sometimes like when you've been, I'd been doing that my whole life. I'd started nonprofits, farmers markets, community supper clubs, but I just never knew it was something you could, that could be a skill. So that started uh, two years. Not even a skill, but a like career slash vocation slash business, right? Like not any one single thing, but all those things you just mentioned were kind of, you were just doing, you were helping people. You were making cool things yeah. happen. You were working yeah. on projects. You were also, whether you thought yeah. about it like this or not, you're also leading in some way, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I cut you off, but I, 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 I reminded you that, yes, this is a skill that uh, people yes. pay for yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. And so at that point, I started doing freelance work as a community manager 
for different people who had online communities and needed that kind of help. Um, and so that just started two years of freelancing. Um, I sort of started specializing in creating mastermind groups within those communities uh, for business owners to support each other, like in consistent, small peer-to-peer masterminds. Loved that. Um, and then at some point, as I was doing a lot of group facilitation work and, you know, creating the masterminds, and that kind of stuff, I was working with a coach who was like the best one I'd ever had. She was amazing. And I asked her, like, how do you know how, like, how do you know how to do this? <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's my training. So I went to do the same training, just thinking it would make me better at group facilitation. And it was like, no joke. And this sounds a little cheesy, but when I was there, it was like, oh, like the, the clouds parted and the heavens opened and the light shined down. And I realized this is what I'm supposed to do. I love this. Clarity. And clarity, man. Yeah. And Yeah. So I came back and then I started shifting focus into just, you know, coaching entrepreneurs, you know, self-employed people, freelancers, that kind of thing. And, um, just kept getting more training and certifications and just leaning into that more. And that's what I've been doing. That really started the beginning of the pandemic 2020. Um, and that's what I've been really focusing on the last couple of years, but yes, that is the evolution. So quick side note, uh, just a rant. Coaching is one of those words that are thrown around in entrepreneurial circles now, and I kind of hate it just because I think people have heard it so much to this point that when somebody says they're a coach, if that may, if you just told me like you're a coach and I didn't know you, my head would default to like life coach, business coach that hasn't been doing this for like you know but a year or or, or something. It, it kind of like it's gotten degraded. I feel like which is oh. unfortunate. And we've actually had yeah. this conversation before. Yeah. Uh, the difference between like coaching and consulting and that sort of stuff. But I just want to tell anybody listening to this, um, I'm going to defend you for a second. Uh, Rain is like a legit coach. Like if there's a very positive way that you could think about that word, I think you do that. And I think you do it well. I think you've always, you've had that skill set. Um, so I want to ask you one more question. And then I have like our, uh, we don't have a name for this, but you, you told me some questions off air that I'm going to ask you. Not a lightning round, because I don't want to do lightning. I don't want to feel rushed at any that point. That feels too busy. But uh, the unbusy round. No, and I will think yeah. of a better name. Yeah. Um, well, but one more question before that. Mm-hmm. So you work 17 years as a nurse. Mm-hmm. You have a child. You're hashtag parent. Uh, you oh, yeah. found your way into this entrepreneur, online business, self-employment world. And thank God had the, uh, the, uh, unnatural, the supernatural experience of clarity, figuring out coaching and what you, what you do now and what you've been growing as for the past several years. When did this idea of time wealth enter your life and how Mm. does that make sense? Yeah. Like what, what this podcast is about and what the questions I'm about to ask you about your schedule, your week and that sort of stuff. When did this first come into your brain? Yeah. So first of all, a quick aside, thank you for the clarification around coaching. Uh, Cause like the work that I do focuses on changing and growing you as a person, not giving advice. And I think that's a, that's a core distinction. Like it's a skill set. but the idea of time wealth. So when I was thinking about leaving freelancing and kind of putting my stake in the ground as my own my own business, right? Serving clients independently, separate from someone else's business, which is what I'd always been doing with freelancing. 
I saw in the memberships that I worked in and also some of the entrepreneurs that I worked for this sense of busyness all the time. Like (laughs) they were passionate about their work, but they were like burning out and exhausted. And they, the whole reason that people, I mean, outside of, I think many of us choose this for meaningful work, right? To be able to find more meaning within the work that we do uh, and do work that we enjoy. But it's also often to have more time for quality relationships, for your own health, mental and physical. And I just saw all these people not achieving that. And I was really scared that I couldn't do this work independently and still have the life I wanted. I was really nervous. Um, It was actually something that I worked on a lot with my own coach, Uh, just being worried that I was stepping into this hustle and that it was going to take over my life and, and that I would regret it. Um, so that's when I really started to think about this for myself and designing my own week. If I do this, I mean, I approached it from like, if I do this, what do I want my week to look like? And as from the moment I started this, I designed that very intentionally. And as I did it more and more, and worked with more and more clients, I thought, why am I not focusing on this more around the work that I'm doing? And so then I just started putting more and more thought into it, which is how you and I got to here. All right. So let's move on into the, um, we'll name, insert name here round of questions. Mm -hmm. So you you told me these off here. There's like four or five here. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Maybe I'll just choose my my favorite three. Yeah. And I want to start with... So, so two of these are actually kind of the same question, or at least they would be for me, um, or very, very closely related. How do you decide what gets on your schedule? And then I'm um, spoil it. The follow up is how do you tell people no? Start with the first one. Mm. How do you decide what gets on your schedule? Yeah. So I do this in advance, meaning I spend time each quarter planning like my big rocks. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I think it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Planning my big rocks Um, around what's most important. What's that? People can Google it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been fun fun optimization. It would not, it would not be fun for me to like explain that right now. So yeah, people, big rocks. I know what you mean. Yeah. The the most important stuff. Go ahead. The most important stuff. And I think about that like for myself personally, in my business, like what am I trying to accomplish this quarter? So I do it quarterly usually. I mean, I do an annual planning thing, but then quarterly. So that's the first step is just figuring out like what's most important. What are the big rocks for this? You know, and you can really only have like eh, one to three or two to four. Um, and then I have a sort of a structure of a schedule. Like, like I know I've got this much room each week for clients for marketing, for creating, for coffee with friends. Like I already mentally know there's this much, there's this many slots. Um, And so then as there's incoming asks or incoming, you know, opportunities, or when I have a new idea or I get shiny object syndrome, I, I look and I see like, first of all, does this move me towards those big goals? Is this in line with that? And then second of all, like, is there a slot on the schedule, because if I don't already know that, like where it's going to slot in, it means there's not room. I'm going to get busy. And so that is the filter. 
Okay, let me repeat that back to you because I actually think that's really important and I want to make sure I understand this. The takeaway from what I just heard from you is that when it comes to your schedule, your calendar, the work you do, you decide in advance what your schedule, um, what the buckets are going to be. If each day is a bucket or each day has like four or five buckets, a couple of working hours in the morning or afternoon, whenever you work, you decide in advance that these are going to fill up these buckets and I'll have these other buckets that other people could occupy, whether that's inviting me to a Zoom call to record a podcast or uh, asking me if I want to go grab coffee or any other, you know, can we hop on a call or, or whatever that stuff is. You So you, you're blocking off, right? Calendar blocking, yeah. time blocking. I'm sure there's a word for this. People do this all the time. And yeah. then- like. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, define your capacity. I define my capacity up front. Oh, I like that. Um, that's good. Oh, uh, and then the filter. Does this help get me to where I want to go? Yes. Does this move the needle forward for my, I was going to say my agenda. It sounds, <laughs> sounds like political <laughs> and fancy. Uh, your vision and your goals yeah. for what you're doing yeah. in your life, business and personal. Does this move that needle forward? If not, how do you tell people no? So when I first started, uh, and you've known me a while now, I struggled with this. Um, and I didn't say no. Every six months, Is- Randall vox me and send me a message <laughs> be like, Oh my God, why did I do this? Oh my God, why, why did I do that? Yeah. I, I, just yesterday, I started another blog and podcast with friends <laughs> and like three other businesses. And I'm like, oh no, I, I, I'm kidding. That was, that's more. But every like six to nine months, I used to get that message from you. Not anymore, yeah. but I used to. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that acknowledgement. Um, because yes, I again. did. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like this was a thing. And it was because I, relationships are really important to me. Connection is a really deep value. And I struggled with worrying I would disappoint people. And that was at the core of every yes that I gave that was not like a hell yes, or I didn't. So two things helped. One, that whole defining my capacity ahead of time, and just being really honest with people about that. So, you know, people would ask me to go, you know, have coffee with them or something. And I would say, all my coffee dates are full until X month. Can we do it then? Which felt ridiculous in some way. But I was just being honest about my capacity. Like I will enjoy it more, even if it's going to be three months from now, because I actually have the room for it. So there was that. Um, I just got really, um, I don't want to say inflexible because it's funny, like being inflexible about certain things actually gives you more flexibility. The other thing is I started to realize, this is when the Voxes stopped um, <laughs> to you, was that every yes has to be defended by no's. And that is not my quote. Someone said that, but I can't think of who. Um, yeah, what do you mean by that? And, yeah, so every time you say yes to something, um, if you want to follow through with that, be your best when you show up for it, then it means you are going to have to say no to probably three other things to make sure that you actually have the capacity to show up well for that yes. And so when I started to think about every time I say yes to something, it means I'm going to have to defend this with no's. And is it worth defending? It started to weed out the yeses. No. Um, so a mutual friend of ours, Jillian, there's this one, if there's anything that she's ever said to me that actually stuck, it was this one thing. 
And we like to use the spinning plates metaphor. Like, oh, you're spinning too many plates. You got too many projects, too many things going on. You're spinning too many plates. Something she said to me years ago was when somebody offers you a new plate, ask yourself, which plate am I going to put down? If I say yes to this, what am I going to stop doing? Like you have, yeah. you can't just keep on taking more things and more things to your schedule. There's only a finite amount of time and energy and brain power, by the way. Oh, what are you going to yeah. stop doing? What are you going to say? What are you going to put down? What plate are you going to put down? For whatever reason, that little metaphor resonated with me. And yeah. Raina, you actually just kind of answered this question. I think I was going to ask you what deliberate decisions did you make to get to where you are now? I think I want to, inc- I, I want to, I want to count your your previous answer to that one because I think that was a very intentional decision to yes. uh, the whole like not disappointing people, not feeling like you're living up to the friendships or the connections or, or family even to like that sort of stuff. And instead becoming more inflexible in a good way so you can be more flexible. Um, so yeah. one more. I think uh, this is going to be the last one. Do you have any non-negotiables? And actually, yes. before you answer, what is a non-negotiable? What does that word mean? Yeah. For me, it's the thing you don't question. Meaning you've set this as like, uh, imagine it as like an algorithm rule. <laughs> like the algorithm does not question it. It's just, this is a thing that exists um, because you put it here for a purpose and we will not question it. It just means if something runs into it, it doesn't move, you move the other thing. Um, it is the immovable object, the opposite of the movable feast, which I've never yeah. read. But anyway. <laughs> okay. So what are your, what are your non-negotiables? Uh, I only see clients on Wednesdays and Thursdays, only two days a week. I saw a lot of people when they started working with clients, they just open up their schedule and throw it on the internet. And they've got, you know, they're seeing people during dinner time and every single day. So they have no time without meetings, that kind of thing. And so this was a big deal to me when I first started, like I only wanted to see people two days a week, but I was worried um, that I wouldn't be able to meet people's expectations. I wouldn't be available enough. And uh, the coach I had at the time, who was like amazing, uh, he told me just do it. And then if it's a problem, your business will tell you. Meaning people will start to say, oh, I can't find a time. This doesn't work for me. He goes, and then you'll, you'll readjust. But if you never try, then if you never just set down this rule as this is how it is and this is how I want it to be, I'd never know if it could be. And do you know, in all the time I've been coaching now, one time has there ever been a conflict? And it was because it was a, it was a month I had less availability because I was on vacation. So, so that my, that is a non-negotiable, like those are the days I coach. And if you can't work with me on those days, then I refer people to other coaches is non-negotiable. Okay. I like that. Uh, let's close with this Friday's off. Yeah. Um, when, what activity did you first start doing when you when you implemented Fridays off, or not implemented, but you know what I mean, you started getting into this mindset. And for you personally, I think you correct me if I'm wrong. Your current like quarterly or annual agenda is Fridays off, right? Or Fridays for like unscheduled fun things, or you want to do, or learn, or that sort of stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, Fridays are for listen for all the Fs. It's so much alliteration, fun, freedom, or fulfillment. <laughs> Wow. So 
Yeah, I know. I know. It, it means, but the, the words are too long. I can't make it catchy. I've thought about it a lot. But the point being, I just keep them open until I get close because I never know which thing I'm going to want to do. And so sometimes it might be a fun thing with a friend. Sometimes it might be a project that I really want to work on that's fulfilling, like we're doing right now. Sometimes it, you know, it's Friday, right? And sometimes it might be just like a totally freaking unscheduled day that, you know, if it's nice weather, I can go for a hike or I could like lay on the couch all day and read a book or so it doesn't mean necessarily that I don't work, but it's really flexible to be what I want it to be that week. It's also come in handy. Um, you know, I think with as people who are self-employed, we forget that there's, there's not a lot of margin there unless you build it in. So if you have a sick day or something comes up or your kid's sick or your car breaks down or your yeah. dog needs to go to the vet, like if you don't have some white space and margin built in, you're just going to be screwed that week. And so hmm. it's also come in handy when I have had a sick kid or something needed to get rescheduled. I always know that there's this white space out there that can help bring me through that without it being incredibly stressful that week. I love that. I like that a lot. So uh, I'm going to end with this. This is so silly. Have you seen the movie free guy with Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> no. Okay. It's actually kind of fun. It's like, it's a stupid movie, but it's actually kind of fun. They're, they're living inside a video game or Ryan Reynolds is a video game NPC, non-playing character. He's pixels, right? He's an algorithm. At the very end, they send a bad guy in to stop Guy, Ryan Reynolds, is literally called Dude. The bad guy the is Dude. And he's like Guy, except he's super huge and buff and stronger in every single way, but he's not done yet. They didn't write the code. They didn't finish the code yet. And so when he yeah. enters, and he's in a video game, right, he's like, I'm coming to get you. Catchphrase. Like he, you know, he, they haven't actually written the code yet. <laughs> it's not, yes. So he just says catchphrase and he keeps doing it over and over again. What do take that catchphrase? <laughs> uh, that is what I feel about the end of this podcast. I feel like we should have an outro or a, our own catchphrase that Pete and Raina do at the end of the episodes. But at the time of this recording, it's just kind of like catchphrase. We haven't actually written it yet. <laughs> we don't actually yes. know what it is yet. Uh, Thank you, early adopters any- who are listening to this. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Rena, this has actually been really fun, even though we've known each other for years. I, I feel like I learned a few things here. Anything else you want to say? No, I don't think so. That was fun, though. Our fun, yeah, yeah. A f- fun, fun optimization success. Yes, that's where I was going with that. <laughs> and then I couldn't remember how to say it. Fun optimization. Right. Pete signing off. Thanks for listening. Hey, Raina, why don't we serve advertisements or sponsors on this podcast? Mm, Because we didn't want to do it? Oh, yeah. But isn't there a way for our listeners to show that they enjoyed the Unbusy podcast? There is. There's actually two ways. Mm, Go on. So first, they can head to our website unbusypodcast.com and buy us a coffee. There's a little button that'll let them donate any amount of money just to show some love and fuel our caffeine addiction. Oh yeah, I love caffeine. All right, what else? They can also head to their podcast app of choice, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, 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 and leave us an honest rating and review. I like that. That'll make us super happy to read. Oh, yep. Alrighty then. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbusy Podcast. We hope you took away some nuggets. Thanks for listening, y'all. Till next time. Bye, Bye, y'all.